0: Hey, miserable bitches! We are back with another episode of Misery Manor. My name is Cody.
1: My name is Emily.
0: She's back, and before we get started, make sure you leave your manners at the door.
1: I was waiting for you to notice your lips. Well, I just got a mini one. Oh, because I had like seventy five dollars off and then a fifty dollars.
0: She got. She's on. She's a Groupon queen.
1: <laughs> I am. You don't do Ali. No. Ali, like you get all these coupons. Like you can just like, well, you're wherever you go it has to like support it, but you can just like it's click like Class Pass. Kinda like but you for... just like click on this like coupon and it's like a limited thing, but it like Bethany always tells me. Go get your Juvederm for seventy five dollars. Like it's seventy five dollars off.
0: Yeah. While for free. the song was playing, I was pointing at Emily's lips. I was like, "They look good." Yeah. So That's what we're talking about. But guys, if you typically fast forward through this intro, don't because we have some announcements to make, and you kind of want to listen to these. So, um, today is March first. Me and Emily are actually going to be taking a was it a hiatus. break even though we
1: already took like a week break
0: but we're gonna be taking a month break not because we're getting tired of this we this is a busy month for both of us with work i'm also getting veneers done so i'm not gonna be able to talk full and have a lot of appointments to go to not that i have funky funk teeth i just want the fucking hollywood yeah you know and And i
1: love how you said she's back even though I was gone nowhere. But
0: you just weren't here. I yeah. Thing. But um, and then I'm also going to Mexico at the end of the month for my friend Michelle's, who was the guest on our one of our episodes. It's for her 30th birthday. So there's a lot going on. We 30th. 30th birthday. It's
1: not 31st.
0: Uh uh-uh, uh, 30th.
1: Oh, I'll just be gone because of you know, depression.
0: <laughs> so she'll be in a. <laughs> Emily will be in a dark hole and I will be veneered in Sunday.
1: <laughs> no, oh. but
0: um but we're going to take this time also to just get a bunch of stories together that way if we're ever like in a crunch and we have stuff at work that we have to do like we can just knock out three episodes and just have them on the back burner. Right. Um so we're definitely going to be back. We love you all and we love doing this together. This is just kind of a crazy month. So instead of just putting out half-assed stories, we just thought, you know what, let's just take a little month every good story Every good season comes to an end, bitch. And we're going to come back better than ever. Um, But we will be on Patreon still. So the Patreons, they pay monthly to listen to our exclusive episodes. So since they're paying monthly, we're not going to not give them material. So we're still going to be doing weekly episodes at Patreon. So if you miss us that much and you love us that much, come on over to the Patreon, honey. We'd be glad to have you. We're not going to miss a beat over there. It's going to be a party. so have yeah. had a
1: bunch. We've had a bunch since we've been on here. Yeah. So, um we have Jessica, Debbie, and Marvelyn, who's my friend, and um anyway, I told her I when I saw her pop up, I had like she tried to do it inconspicuously, which she couldn't, but <laughs> cuz no one has that name. But I, I had like texted her. I was like, "Oh my god, you're a patty." And she was like, Oh, LOL, well, what's a patty? That's what
0: me and Emily call the Patreons, is patties. But yes, if you want to be a Patreon, we're going to not miss a beat over there.
1: Beef patties, veggie patties, whatever you want to be.
0: All fatty patties.
1: That's my favorite. That's actually
0: what I call you guys. <laughs> um. So, yeah, come on over there. We are going to be having some cool episodes. Won't miss a beat. Just on our public episodes, it's going to be another month before we have them. But don't worry. We're going to come back better than ever. We got some cool ones in the mix ready for y'all developing. So. And we'll still
1: post about it. And then yeah. when I know when I'll post, like, on my story about the Patty episodes, I'll put a link on how to become one. So.
0: Yeah. Or you can go to our Instagram at Misery Manor Podcast, and you can become a Patreon. It's in the um, bio. Yeah. And if you
1: just need to be a patty for like a month, you know, pay for a month and listen to it all. And then, you know,
0: go away. we know we understand financial issues come and go. So trust me,
1: I know. So if you have
0: (laughs) issues one week or one month, but not the next, we'll welcome you back. We've had plenty of people come back and forth. Yeah. So. We welcome you Live the door. The to
1: gypsy, style. The
0: door to misery manor is always open for you. All right. Only some of you. And guys, guess what? So since I've done like 80 episodes this this past year, and <laughs> Emily's done four, since we're taking a month hiatus, Emily's gonna close us off for the month Ooh. with her story. So have at it, mama.
1: Okay. So my story has a lot of French words in it or French last names. So bear with me. I know I'm pronouncing them incorrectly but it's just going to be how it is. So um this is the story of the murder of Sophie Lionette.
0: Mm-hmm. It's probably Lionel. Yeah. But
1: I'm just going to call her Sophie. Um I don't know if I sent you the pictures ever yet but she's just got like this beautiful sweet face and anyway. So it's a sad story but here we go. Sophie was born on January 7th which was my friend Pamela's birthday. In 1996, so she's would have been younger than that Yeah, she would have
0: been 27-ish.
1: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, to Catherine de Valon and Patrick Lainette in the town of Troyes in northeast France. Not sure when, but Catherine and Patrick divorced and Catherine remarried, so that's where that other name comes from. Um, though the divorce wasn't ideal, Sophie remained good relationships with both her parents and sophie had a pretty traditional upbringing you know in regard to having like a separated family but um she loved reading she loved ice skating um and growing up she even played the guitar which i thought was super cool
0: um, my jack of all traits
1: yeah so sophie was beautiful she had this long brown hair green eyes and in every picture i saw of her she was smiling like she was either smiling or like making goofy faces she just was like,
0: so she's like a hoot and a half.
1: I got sweet. Yes. To put it in the French way. According to those who knew Sophie would describe her as a kind and quiet girl with a gentle soul. Sophie loved animals and her mother Catherine said that Sophie was passionate about suffering and injustice of animals and preventing animal cruelty. So she was basically like just a selfless little angel Aww, baby. Who loved yeah. animals. Yeah,
0: I had a dream last night that I had three baby potbelly pigs, <gasps> um, and they followed me up the stairs to mm-hmm. my bedroom. But one fell off the stairwell oh and God. dropped to the side, to the first floor and died. And I was like, "Oh my God, you're gonna have to go." I was telling Joshua, I was like, "You're gonna have to look over the banister and see." And he was like, "There's guts everywhere." <gasps> and I was like, "No, it was um, dead. It only had two. Oh. Anyway. So
1: sorry. <laughs> okay so sorry for your dream loss um so sophie had dreams of working with children and after completing a vocational course in childcare, she was offered a position as an au pair in london and as you were asking me earlier au pair means at par or equal to in french so this indicated that the oh one, yeah heard, well
0: so it's like a nanny taryn she calls hers an a pair
1: yeah so what it means is it indicates that the relationship is intended to be one of equals as a member of the family family. and like typically
0: they live like at the the the, the home they they're treated like they're
1: treated like a member of the family yeah but they are
0: paid right exactly
1: so um moving to london may have been a bit of a culture shock for sophie choise and i don't know if that's how you say it but that's the place she was from in france it was really small and quaint it was a town about sixty-two thousand people so I don't even, I can't even really comprehend that. (laughs) So um, London was a huge city, which can be overwhelming or even scary for someone who is described as naive, shy, and reserved by family and friends. Despite this, Sophie was excited for the opportunity to explore new places, expand, expand her English, work with children, gain experience for her future career path. Yes, Sophie was nervous and cautious, but wanted to grow outside of her comfort zone. And she was super young. So it's like the time of your life that you kind of do that, you know, right. in the early 20s. You're like
0: figuring out yourself, who you want to be, what you stand for, how you want to, you know, continue. Them. Right. Because when you're younger, you just kind of listen to your parents' hopes and dreams for you and you kind of right. just go for it. But I feel like when I was 20, I was like, no, I don't really believe in that. Or like, yeah, I'm going to be my own person. So right.
1: And so I think her, I don't think she necessarily had me issues maybe with her parents like that, that I could find, but also she was going to be responsible for these children. And it was something that she wanted to do as well. So, you know, I think sometimes you kind of like off balance that like excitement of something coming up in life also with like the scary part of it.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: So, um, this is not that long ago. So in January of 2016, the 20 year old Sophie moved to London to pursue her new job as an au pair to the children of Sabrina Coiter, And it could be like Coyol. Sabrina was born in Algeria in 1983, but moved to France as a child. At 19, she met 24-year-old Oisum, or Sam, as I'm going to call him. Okay. Muduni in Paris. I like these names. I cannot. Anyway, just as an update, we have Sophie, Sabrina, and Sam. So they're like all S's. The triple S's. So that's why it took me so long when I was writing. So I'd like go back. Make sure that I was saying the right S name. And every time I typed Sam, I would type same. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So anyway, Sam was taken by Sabrina immediately. While Sabrina was very charming and beautiful, she kind of made Sam chase her. Like she kind of like did the whole like playing Flirty. hard to get. Yeah. She was insistent on his pursuit of Sabrina and or he was insistent on his pursuit of Sabrina and soon became wrapped around her finger. See, Sabrina was manipulative from the jump. She cheated on Sam regularly and early on in their relationship, but always came running back to him, and he readily accepted with no questions asked. So it was almost like she was playing on him. You know, he was, she, was cheating, she was cheating on him, but like if anything, he would be coming back to her, right? Mm-hmm. But she did the wrong and then came back to him. Like, will you take me back? And, and he, he was, always and did. he was
0: whipped. He was. Is he attractive? No. Oh, she coughed. They need to
1: <laughs> I mean, neither of them are. And it was weird because I have been looking at pictures of them on my computer and like my laptop and my phone are connected because they're both Macs and so or Apple. So I was like looking for a picture of Mari probably the other day and I was like, who the fucker those people and like all the pictures i had saved of them for some reason it was just the two of them the pictures that i saved of them were like saved in my camera roll
0: okay i'm excited to see what they look like i mean I have you're a, just gonna I have be a like a vision in my head so i'm after you're done i'm gonna look it up and see so keep going
1: yeah and i think it's also just because of what they did that just makes well them yeah so ugly to me, even so. if someone's
0: hot and they kill somebody you're now ugly
1: yes so <laughs> sometimes interestingly enough sabrina 22 left london in 2005 so not that long before about like 11 years prior to become an au pair herself sam he was 27 by this time he followed her there and got a job in london as a financial analyst at a french bank so they were doing well financially sabrina Mm -hmm. eventually left her job as an au pair and became a fashion designer and makeup artist and like neighbors were later to say that like because you'll kind of see like they were kind of shitty neighbors but like they said she was always like super glamorous and dressed up like beat for Every the gods day. like a drag yes. queen yes. yes
0: that'd be probably one of my friends
1: yes so they rented a flat for nine hundred thousand euros which is nine hundred thousand fifty six dollars and forty four eight dollars yeah I was to say
0: because it's not they're not no nine
1: hundred fifty six thousand four hundred and forty eight dollars it's yeah. more
0: no I know they're not euros and dollars aren't that off
1: yeah oh yeah yeah so it's was so a almost lot. a
0: million dollars
1: basically in Southfield, a district southwest of London, located within the borough of Wandsworth, whatever that But There's just so many, like, descriptions in London. I'm like, you're from here and here. Like, I just, it's too right. much. So, at the time of this story, Sabrina had two children. Boys, they were ages eight and four. There isn't a ton of information on the boys or who their fathers were, but... Well, there is of one of them, but from the article that I got most of my information from stated that at least one of the boys was from a previous relationship of Sabrina's, the youngest being the child of her ex-boyfriend, Mark Walton. And Mark plays a huge role in this story. So we need to remember Mark. Remember Mark. Sabrina and Sam were described as antisocial and odd by their neighbors. They had no consideration for those living around them and were unfriendly. Apparently, they were often late on rent and they, like, left their trash bins outside. They would park in
0: people's, like, in front of, like, their
1: driveways and stuff. Kind of like when I tried to come here and there was a moving van
0: parked behind my car. Ew, I hate inconsiderate neighbors.
1: Yeah, they, like, just had total disregard for those that were living around them which like also i can't that's like one of my biggest puffies is when people like treat the area they're living in like shit but like that's a reflection of like like she was always like glamorous and beautiful wouldn't wouldn't you want to like take your garbage in and not like live around garbage
0: i know right (laughs) like
1: i just don't understand so anyway
0: so she took care of herself not anything around her
1: pretty much but i think she was also like really spoiled so working for sabrina and sam as an au pair was new to Sophie. She had never been an au pair before. Plus she was in a different country daunting. Yes. But again, something Sophie was excited for the kids immediately took to Sophie and Sophie made friends with fellow nannies in the area. But that was the extent of anything that I like. She just like the assumed like just fell into her role and was comfortable. Sophie was happy. She called her mother regularly and spoke to her about how happy she was. She told her mom that she and Sabrina got along well and that they would even like sit and chat over tea. And that Sabrina even gave Sophie a makeover at one point. Like,
0: oh, like we did sister. her hair
1: and makeup because like, you know, she loved hair and makeup. But that's what she used to do. So this was just the beginning of her job, though. And also very short lived because soon things took a very bizarre and deadly turn. So, remember Mark Walton? hmm Okay. Sabrina's ex-boyfriend and the father to her youngest child. Sabrina had what can only be described as an unhealthy obsession with Mark. Talk Murder With Me is a podcast, and I got basically, like, all my information from her. She's really great. Um, but she explains her obsession with him as baffling and unfathomable, and I just couldn't really think of another way to describe it. She described it perfectly. So... Um, this part sounds like I'm going to kind of like go off track, but mm-hmm. I need to give some background on Mark. Mark was a founding member of the band Boyzone. Boyzone was an Irish boy band in the early 90s. Apparently, Mark was only a part of the band for a short time, like about a year, and then he was kicked out by his bandmates. Okay. After that, they ended up becoming super popular in the UK, blah, 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 without Mark. Though, Mark continued to work in the music industry and ended up in Los Angeles, where he was at the time of the story. So I don't know if that's why, like, Sabrina was attracted to him, because he had been almost famous? I don't
0: know. Maybe she just is like a little band, like a little... uh, Groupie? Groupie, that's what it is. I don't know. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last piece.
1: Did you get that Instagram thing I sent you of that?
0: No. You you send me a lot and I don't look at them.
1: I hate you. Sabrina and Mark were in a relationship from 2011 to 2013 and Sophie began to work for Sabrina and Sam only a few years later in 2016. Several months into her au pair position because remember this, the little boy is only like four. Four. Yeah. So Sabrina began displaying delusional behavior. Sabrina believed that Sophie and Mark were conspiring together against Sabrina and her family. That they were planning to hurt them. The 21-year-old French au pair had never known seen or even met mark walton it is believed that mark and sabrina experienced a terrible breakup and that sabrina feared he may try to take their son away from her which like i get that's like upsetting whatever but like why would you act crazy how Mm -hmm. do you think that would be in your benefit right so are you ready for some insanity it's of course like that's why I'm here, baby. The crazy part of my story. Okay, it's not as crazy as this shit you find, but Sabrina would call Mark and accuse him of sexually abusing her cat.
0: Yeah. Using... Delusion, honey.
1: Oh, just wait. So, um, using black magic against her and hiring a helicopter to fly around her home to spy on her and her family. Sabrina didn't have a cat. Oh. <laughs> also, when I read this... It almost made me sad for her. Um,
0: well, because there's some severe mental exactly. Issues like I'm on.
1: wondering like how far gone she was right because I don't even know how I put it in here, but it's like absurdly wild. To comprehend someone accusing, like, someone you once loved of something like that. Like, the
0: father of your child. Especially when you don't have a cat.
1: That and, like, all three of those things are so vastly different. Yes. It's very strange. So, Sabrina took it steps further, though, going to the police about Walton. I'm not sure what her accusations were, like, that she told the police, but I'm assuming. And keep in mind, he's in L.A. and she's in London. London. Mm -hmm. So, they were just kind of, like, Cool. Um but the police did come back to her with evidence that they had of a face a fake Facebook account that Sabrina created to taunt and harass Mark mainly about him being a pedophile
0: which she probably made up too
1: Yes she did because that's that would probably defamation
0: mean... of character Mhm and that's like the worst thing you can call somebody not well, the worst, but like that's a, that's a big allegation.
1: Also, when you're like, if she's afraid that he's gonna take her child away or something like that, Literally be
0: like, no, he's a pedophile, so right. no, he can't have him.
1: Yeah. So these are the accusations she had against Sabrina. No, Sophie. See, I told you. Sabrina accused Sophie of also being a pedophile for sleeping with Mark, being a spy for Mark. And my personal favorite, Sabrina believed Sophie was sent by Mark to gain access to their home via her au pair position mm-hmm. to then drug and sexually assault her, Sabrina, her boyfriend, Sam, and both the boys.
0: Mm. The delusion, honey.
1: It's just so odd. Like, it's just such a strange, like how, I don't know. Okay. Remember my story about the Papan sisters and their diagnosis? Oh,
0: yes, I do, honey. The Papan <laughs> sisters. And if their, y'all don't know that episode, go check it out. Oh,
1: and their diagnosis of dual psychosis or madness for two or better known as its proper name, the Folly Adieu. Yes. It is believed that Sabrina and Sam exhib- exhibited symptoms of this rare psychological disorder. Adieu, for those of you that don't know, is a psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms out of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. I'm not sure, but I do wonder if there's also like a sociopath, psychopath element to it as well. I don't know, but the reason I say this is because Even in this case with Sabrina, for instance, Sabrina was diagnosed with depression and borderline personality disorder. But on top of those diagnoses, she manipulated Sam into sharing her same delusions. Manipulated being Mm -hmm. the key word. So a sociopath will manipulate. A psychopath will have action. Right. So I don't know. Sam encouraged Sabrina's delusions. He shared in her beliefs about Mark and Sophie. All of it. He never questioned the insanity of her accusations. Sam was later assessed, and it was found that he exhibited no mental issues, but that he genuinely did believe Sabrina. So, he was just dumb.
0: Yeah, and he was just, he's mesmerized by her. So, whatever she said, he was like, all right, yeah, that's Yeah,
1: yeah. So... Now, at first, when Sabrina began to abuse Sophie, Sam would just leave the house. He wouldn't partake in it, but it wouldn't take long before he began to participate in the violent abuse against her. This was after Sabrina told Sam that Sophie was helping Mark come into their home so that he could rape Sam. The boy? Sam is her boyfriend. Boyfriend, yes. So that's when he started to, like, actually physically abuse her as well. Oh. So it took her being like, oh, well, she's here because Mark wants her to rape you. Right. Huh?
0: (laughs) All of these people are kind of, yeah.
1: Okay. So Sophie was quiet to begin with as there was a slight language barrier, but Mm -hmm. members of the Southfields community um, would say that Sophie was shy, yes, but in the months leading to her murder, she was uncomfortably reserved. Michael Cromer was a local business owner. He had actually been in talks with Sabrina and Sam about going into business together with them. Um, Michael owned a fish and chip restaurant where Sophie would sometimes join Sabrina and Sam, but she never spoke when she was there. And what I read didn't ever mention the children going with them. So I'm wondering like, why wouldn't Sophie be with them? Why weren't, like, were they there? Or was, was it already at the point where like they weren't, able to be with Sophie cuz like why would you leave your children with someone if you mm-hmm. think that they're going to be raped by them
0: right which adds to their delusion
1: right uh, so exactly so there were a few times that Sophie actually did go to the restaurant alone and she was visibly upset so Michael finally asked her like why are you so upset like what's happening is there something wrong da, da, da. and she just said you know that her mother was ill that she missed her and like you know her being like a country away or whatever she was just That's why she was upset. So
0: she was playing it off on that.
1: Right. And I don't think her mom was sick. So
0: probably not.
1: Yeah. So people's question is, why didn't Sophie leave her abusers? Well, I look at it like it's her job. What if she felt responsible for something happening to the children because her parent their parents were so unhinged you know like maybe she thought i gotta stay here and protect them like what if they do something to the kids you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean that's her first passion she's probably thinking like i'm not only here for myself but like these kids i'm part of the kids lives too. so i'm not gonna let them exactly happen
1: and then that's why i was like well and what i meant by saying like it was her job is like if she wanted to leave she would have to have money but like were they even paying her so
0: and how far away was she from home again
1: well, I don't know however far France and London are.
0: I'm sure far. I don't know. I've never been. Me either. Even if maybe I she just been, couldn't get know. home, you know, too.
1: Well, you'll see. Ruth Boskill, another name, a chief prosecutor of the Crown Prosecution Services, said that Sophie had written and spoken to her family about leaving. Though Sabrina and Sam manipulated and gained control over Sophie, Quote, given the intimidation, the bullying, and the behavior towards her, it's likely that she didn't feel able to leave, quill said. I have mm. no idea how to say that name. Bowskill. Bowskill? Ruth. Okay. Ruth. Ruthie.
0: That's why I always use first names. I
1: know. Okay. Sophie's mother noticed in April of 2017, just over a year into her employment with Sabrina and Sam, that her daughter was unhappy, discouraged, and just flat out over it when they spoke over the phone. Sophie expressed that she wanted to come home. Catherine, Sophie's mother understood and supported her daughter. So she bought her a plane ticket home upon search of Sabrina and Sam's home. Neither Sophie's passport nor the plane ticket was found because they destroyed them.
0: Oh, I was like, well, where is it? Did the mom lie? No. Oh, so they saw it and they destroyed it. So she couldn't get back home.
1: Mm, Yeah. And just, it goes with their story. So, on August eighth, which was my grandmother's birthday of twenty seventeen, Catherine had called a phone conversation with her daughter. She was crying and seemed to be disoriented.
0: The mom was talking to her daughter. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Um. So her mom is named Catherine, and right. Catherine, and so she. You
0: said she recalled like that. She's.
1: Yeah, she was like she was super upset, and she just seemed like disoriented, like
0: not like her normal her. self. No, like, she's like this like isn't she was my daughter.
1: Or something. Yeah. So, at like that... when I
0: call my mom drunk, she's like, Have you been drinking? And I'm like, I... <laughs> That sounds more like something, I don't know. Like shrooms. <laughs> like I've never done that. But
1: at that point, Sophie was being beaten, no longer being paid, and being interrogated regularly. So, by her not being paid, is some form of control because yeah. they know she can't leave. Sophie and Sam.
0: Oh. That's like that episode that we did of the guy and his wife it was on patreon who um she was in an abusive relationship but every money every paycheck she made she had to hand it over to her husband remember
1: yeah was she a lot younger than him or was he younger than her no
0: they were both old
1: oh (laughs) and
0: but he was just controlling her but that sounds the same as that like it's a way of controlling like hand over your paychecks or we're just not going to pay you at all like you're here and what you need we'll give you kind of like um you know, when sex workers are pimped out, a lot of what mm-hmm. they make, they just give right back to their, so that's why they make so much money, but it's like, well, they're not getting to keep any of it, you no, know? No,
1: and they're not even really feeding her right now, so they're you'll not. see, no.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Sabrina and Sam were withholding food from her, and Sophie became nearly emaciated. Actually, I actually have a picture of this. It's from a video that I will get into in a second, but she looks just like a deer. No, she looks defeated. Like, and the thing, she's just, like, looking down. Like, I think I sent it to you, or I, I have it on here, but it's okay. heartbreaking. So, um, the last 12 days of Sophie's life were spent basically under house arrest at the flat on Wimbledon Park Road. Firefighters were called to the house on September 20th and discovered a body being burned on a bonfire. Sabrina and Sam were arrested two days later. So, the trial of Osiom Sam Woudini... 40 years old, and Sabrina Quater, 34 years old, for the murder of Sophie Lyonette began in March of 2018 at London's Old Bailey, whatever that is. But did you see September 20th all the way to March 2018? The two admitted that they tried to dispose of the au pair's body. However, when it came to who was responsible for her murder, they both pointed the finger at each other, both refusing to take the blame. Prosecuting Sam and Sabrina was Richard Horrell Horwell of the Queen's Council. Horwell That's
0: oh sorry. That's always so crazy to me. You love each other so much.
1: But then you And then
0: you rat on each other. Well,
1: okay. So I go into what I think, especially since they're like in this delusion together, right? They have this like dual psychosis, um, what is it, like diagnosis. So And them also being tried together i'm just like where's the separation so there is a part where i guess they are separated and sam starts talking prosecuting oh i already said that harwell <laughs> relayed to the jury the horrific abuse sophie endured in the final months of her life at the hands of her employers whose motives were punishment and revenge against mark walton so basically They hated Mark, but they were taking it all out on her and just making up excuses that she was somehow involved. Right. Mm -hmm. Sophie was trapped in a domestic nightmare, said Horwell. Sabrina's accusations against Mark were pure delusional fantasy. As for Sam, he was a weak, submissive and pliable individual who punched above his weight when it came to women. As he was demonstrated in his relation as he demonstrated in his relationship with Sabrina.
0: Punched above his weight? What does that mean? Like he liked bigger girls?
1: No, I don't know really, but that was his quote.
0: Oh, that was his quote.
1: Yeah. I think it was just like Maybe
0: he's saying like he bit off more than he can chew.
1: I really don't know.
0: (laughs) But he was
1: weak, submissive, and pliable.
0: So that makes sense.
1: who punched his weight when it came to women
0: maybe like a controlling thing is what it sounds like if you know let us know
1: yeah please because it's the weirdest (laughs) freaking phrase ever okay sophie's parents and stepfather traveled to london to attend the trial horwell spoke of how the naive and shy sophie was unable to defend herself against a manipulative and abusive person like sabrina Sophie was not only young, but also, we suggest, naive and particularly vulnerable, and this made her an easy target for abuse and exploitation. They were easily able to break her down with their vicious and relentless interrogations, which involved beatings and holding her head under water in the bathtub. Eventually, they forced Sophie to confirm Sabrina's deranged accusations were true—that she was conspiring to help Mark Walton come to their home so he could drug them and sexually assault them.
0: That's what I was about to ask: Was this planned out, the murder, or was there like a tipping point where they just had enough?
1: It doesn't even so their whole. Well, none not of have it makes sense. no. Yeah. I know, but like none of it makes sense. I think they. Realized like they were basically already killing her because she was
0: amazing, not being
1: it. fed, right? And then they just kind of like what to use what you said earlier they bit off more they could chew, mm-hmm. like with this story, yeah. So, um, they threatened her with rape, violence, and prison if she did not come prison. Mm-hmm. So, here's the video a video taken on Sept- uh, September 18th, 2017, of Sophie confessing was shown to the jury. So they recorded her saying like, yes, I'm colluding with Mark and um, we're trying to drug you guys and rape you. Yeah. Anyway, so they took that video themselves, I guess, to like be like, hey, we're going to use this against you and we're going to show the courts. Well, they did show the courts that she was forced into saying that because it's pretty obvious.
0: So. Okay, so she's being, they're telling her what to say, and she's saying that in mm-hmm. the video. Wait, what did she say in the video?
1: Okay, so earlier, so, um, she, Sabrina and Sam, for you know how like some killers will be like forced them to like write letters. Yeah, on like
0: them? what we, like the uh, Jennifer daughter, they made her yeah. write a suit, like a suicide. So event. they
1: forced her to say this and confess, which wasn't a real confession, but they made her confess that she was working with mark walton Mm -hmm. to break into this family's home drug them rape them abuse them whatever okay but they recorded her saying
0: that right and they could tell these people can tell that this was oh yeah she was and this is
1: when she was like super thin and like i think she i mean she's just like saying it like it's and
0: they're probably thinking and you're scared of her like how did this you know Yeah, she's emaciated. And that's
1: exactly what he says. He says, in it, she this is how, um, how Horwell describes it in it, she is emaciated and looks completely broken. Shortly after the video was taken, Sophie was dead, Mm. so she didn't die long after that. And like, I don't know if people know what emaciated means, but it's basically skin and bones.
0: It's when I think of emaciated, I think of the Holocaust.
1: Yep. You will have seen the state of Sophie when she uttered the words that can be heard on that video clip and whatever may be said about that final confession. It is anything but voluntary, which like there are people that specialize that in that too, Mm -hmm. like false confessions and things like that.
0: Handwriting, everything.
1: And like they're so delusional, they probably don't even realize that like she's not even trying to sound convincing.
0: Do you right. know what I mean? She's defeated at this point. She's like, honestly, at this point, she's probably like, just do what you got to do.
1: Oh, exactly. I'm done. Well, and she's like being held captive. So, um, she Hor- said,
0: good night and goodbye, you shady lady. Oh my God, I hate you.
1: Okay. Horwell described the defendant's actions as a campaign of intimidation, torture, and violence, which left the young woman crushed. These interrogations were recorded on the cell phones of Sabrina and Sam. More than eight hours of recordings were uncovered. At Triwell, at Triwell, <laughs> the trial Horwell played s- sections of the t- interrogations to the jury. In one of the recordings from September 11th, just nine days before the murder, Sabrina was heard screaming at Sophie. You destroy everything. I was trying to find myself again. I pray to God not to make me touch you. I don't want to make my hands dirty.
0: So more like Sabrina the teenage bitch. (laughs) Yes. I don't like her.
1: No one likes her. Sophie's murder. It should be noted that Sophie suffered significant violence before her body was thrown on a burn a bonfire to be burned. I wrote a burn fire. Um no. Sophie suffered a fractured jawbone and sternum and five broken ribs. But like sternum. Your sternum like to me, that's like the hardest bone in your body, I think.
0: No, sternum's actually because when they do CPR, they crack your sternum. No,
1: they crack ribs. We've had this conversation on here before. And they oh. don't do it on purpose. It just happens. Your right. sternum, I think that's
0: when you know it's like good. Oh
1: my God. Anyway, I can't even like imagine like even being like kicked or punched there. Like it would just knock the breath out of you. What? And like when she's so little, like, oh, it just like it gives me chills.
0: But But yours should we try it real quick and see like
1: I hate you. See what if it's the hardest bone in the body.
0: It says the sternum or your breast bone is a strong bone it usually that's all it says so I'm sure it's yeah it's pretty strong I guess
1: uh, well it was fractured which means it was broke Sophie was placed on the bonfire which really was just a barbecue pit
0: uh, it was literally
1: like a barbecue pit to disguise or cover up barbecue. her mar- yeah we'll just wait they were cooking chicken in the pit next to that barbecue pit to distract from her burning corpse
0: mm, but that smell was love that chicken from Papa.
1: <laughs> the fire was put out and then the burnt debris where they did find her part like um her glasses and partial of the passport not the
0: glasses for some reason when somebody dies with glasses or just has glasses i naturally just want to hug them because i'm like they just not you but like if I see somebody eating at a food court and they have glasses on, I want to go eat with them.
1: When the fuck are you in a food court?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but like, that's just my okay. imagination. The
1: fire was put out and then the burnt debris was turned over with a spade. I don't know what that is. I'm just thinking like of a card.
0: Oh, yeah. With the spade. I think that's like a little oh spatula. Oh, okay.
1: To ensure that the fire had been fully extinguished.
0: Nope, Where's that's that? not what that is. <laughs> Never <mind. laughs>
1: As the ash was turned, the remains of Sophie started to appear. I think the first thing when I read it that they saw was her foot.
0: Not the foot. Yeah. The foot didn't fry. Oh
1: my God, what is wrong with you?
0: Maybe they had a foot fetish. They said, well, let's just leave I this I still here
1: haven't for sold my feet pictures. That's why I painted my toenails.
0: For feetfinders.com? Yeah. That's what Emily's going to be doing in the month hiatus.
1: That is what I'm going to be doing. So if you have any little tiny hats or, like, ties, clothes, send them on over. Okay.
0: Way to direct this towards you.
1: Sabrina and Sam's plan was to tell the story that Sophie had left their employment out of the blue and returned to France, but they didn't even get the chance to spew that stupid tale because they were arrested two days later.
0: Well, yeah, and there's so much evidence everywhere. It's like that story's not going to work.
1: No. So the gender and age of the body was, and I hate saying the body, but at first it was because they they couldn't tell, was not clear at first given how badly burned it was. A home office pathologist that at trial her that her um body was not even confirmed to be that of Sophie's until two weeks later on October 3rd which Ooh. is Meredith's birthday when DNA tests came back which I don't know what DNA like but I know like in your teeth that like there's this like it's really gross it like bone stuff grosses me out more than like blood but um there's like this they call it like pulp mm-hmm. inside your tooth That, like, they can extract DNA from.
0: Yeah, like the blood socket, right? When you get your wisdom teeth taken out, they have that, like, little jissy part that they put.
1: Yeah! So gross. It's, like, in the tooth. It's in the center of the tooth.
0: Oh, I don't know about that.
1: Yeah. It's called tooth pulp. Look it Uh, up and let us know. Okay. Hang on. Her ultimate cause of death was never determined. The three most likely causes were a blow to the head, strangulation, or drowning. Um, so, which I'm assuming if they had like put her head underwater in the tub, maybe they like put, pulled her over, I don't know how the tubs are in like London, or but maybe like to
0: hold her down, they like if, broke her sternum, like, yeah, oh or true, hold her down. I'm
1: thinking if they like dunked her, like, how do you describe that? Like pulled her body over the side of the tub.
0: Oh yeah. But
1: either, I mean, I don't know. Um, we'll never know. No. Um, Sophie died on September 20th, 2017. But due to the trial, wasn't buried until June sixth, twenty eighteen.
0: So like six months.
1: Yeah. So or I like eight. Like, can you imagine though? Like the unrest, like her family had, like and like her soul, like mm-hmm. just to be like, I mean, like she's just like in a morgue, I guess. But like it's just, yeah. like her
0: bones. Her soul was like bury me beneath the earth, please. I want to be. Mark
1: Walton flew from Los Angeles to London to testify against Sabrina Coiter during his testimony. We know
0: her. Just call her Sabrina. (laughs) We don't need her last name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) During his testimony, he said that he and Coyd had been in a relationship for two years and he was very much in love with her. She was, however, extremely volatile and unpredictable. He could never predict when she would suddenly snap and start screaming at him. She would go from softly spoken French accent. Then she would flip, get very angry, very loud, and just not care like where they were at that moment. She would just be screaming at him. She would just go crazy over something trivial, he said. Okay. He paid for several nannies, but she would always fire them, paranoid that they were stealing from her and flirting with him. We Sounds have... like she
0: has some, like, drug issues as well. Because.
1: I think she just has massive mental issues. Um, that could be it. We have heard that your name was referred to by Sabrina Coyter before and after her arrest. Had you ever heard of Sophie Lionette? Horwell asked Walton. Never, ever. Walton replied. Had you ever talked to her? Never. Had you ever communicated with her in any way? No way. Never. The first time he had ever heard of the au pair was September 21st, when police in London contacted him the day after her murder. It's wild. At trial, Sabrina was represented by Ekak Pert." of the Queen's Council, and Sam by Orlando Ponnell of the Queen's Council. Both defenses were weak, but not to attorney's fault. What Sabrina and Sam did was inexcusable, and defensible. not to mention that their testimonies were so chaotic that it was difficult to make sense of. It was almost like they would just spew whatever they would to see which would stick. Hmm. Sam's initial statement was that Sophie died by accident while he interrogated her in the bath. However, he retracted this, saying he only said this to protect Sabrina. In his new statement, he said that he was actually woken up by Sabrina telling him that Sophie was not breathing. He got up and found her in the bath. As Sabrina told him, she was not breathing, he said. I also wonder if with Sam being separated from Sabrina made it easier for him to distance himself from her insanity and delusions. Like, without her in his ear, maybe he began to think for himself. Right. That's what I meant by that. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't like what what I was saying earlier, like now that we're like in the trial, she's like not like constantly around him if it's like easier for him to not be so like infatuated.
0: Well, yeah, because he's. I think he's. Do you like, know
1: right, what I mean? Like, right. do you think the folly do just folly apart?
0: They probably folly a do 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 about that courtroom <laughs> and into the prison cell.
1: In Sabrina's defense statement, she said that Sophie died in her sleep. Pert used Sam's initial statement against him in his defense of Sabrina. How convenient. He says he forced her head underwater and held it there repeatedly. Mr. Maduni states, which is Sam, uh-huh. he punched Miss in Lionette, fa- which is Sophie, in the face. Her head then went backwards and hit the tiles. And as a result, she slipped under the water and fell unconscious. When he found her in the bath and unresponsive, he dragged her out and tried to resuscitate her, but he was unsuccessful.
0: Cool. So the he pro- did drown her.
1: Well, like here, he's just saying it was like he punched her and she fell, but like her ultimate death wasn't technically his fault. Mm. Anyway, the prosecution was successful in convincing the jury of Sabrina Coiter and Oisum Moduni's guilt. On May 24th, 2018, after a trial that lasted two months, the pair were found guilty of murdering Sophie Lyonet. On hearing the verdict, Sabrina burst into tears and Sam stared into his lap, motionless. They starved, tortured, and broke her until she could no longer fight. They took away her dignity and finally her life, Sophie's mother said. When speaking to the press after the pair were convicted, They are self-obsessed monsters, Patrick Lyonet said. Sabrina and Sam have not only stolen the life of my daughter so brutally and without remorse, they have also stolen mine. Sabrina wrote an apology letter to Sophie and her family, which was read out loud during the sentencing hearing. Are you ready? Yes. Dear Sophie, may peace be with you. Which I'm like, okay, are we in Star Wars? First of all, I wish everyone, including Sophie, especially her parents and family who are suffering badly, to know how deeply sorry I am for what happened to Sophie. We shared many good times together, as well as pains, until things went terribly wrong and it ended up in this horrendous tragedy. I think of you every day, and I'm shocked and sad that you are not part of this world anymore. It feels like a horrible dream to me that I wish I could just wake up from. Every day I live with sadness and sorrow. I am suffering every day thinking of you and what happened to you that dreadful night. I only wish I could turn the clock back so that it never happened and you would still be alive with us today. I will now live without hope and I can't ever imagine ever being happy again. I struggle every day and I am very disappointed in myself. Sophie, I wish things could have been different and I hope that you rest in peace with God, with deepest regret, Sabrina Coyter.
0: Bull to the shit, to the bull bullshit.
1: In an attempt to get leniency for his client, Sabrina's lawyer told the judge that her actions were a result of delusions and personality disorders, which left her with irrational and completely overwhelming fear that Sophie was conspiring against her and her family with Mark Walton. He said her behavior was entirely driven by Quarter's mental illness and her desperation to obtain evidence of Mr. Walton's abuse, end quote. While Judge Nicholas Hilliard did acknowledge that Sabrina and Sam suffered from the folly ado, he did not let that excuse excuse their horrific treatment and subsequent murder of Sophie. Making eye contact with them both, Judge Hilliard said, you were both involved in torturing Sophie in the bath and the lead up to her death and making her think she would drown unless you gave her information you wanted which was not in her power to give because it did not exist the suffering and the torture you put her through before her death was prolonged and without pity so see they did this after she already confessed on video and they still like were drowning her and asking her this is because you're working for mark and like Like, they're in some bad action movie or something. It's wild.
0: It's the delusion, honey.
1: So, addressing only Sabrina, Judge Hilliard said that her motivations were to see Sophie and Mark suffer for no justifiable reason. He finished by saying, I do not think you thought for one moment you were acting lawfully. I'm sure you knew the way you interrogated her was unacceptable in the extreme that it was unlawful to assault her, that she was in a dreadful state by the time of her death, and torturing her in the bath was totally and utterly wrong. Sabrina Coiter and Sam Adouni were both sentenced to life in prison to serve a minimum of 30 years, which is not enough.
0: Did they, um like, cry a lot in court? No. They were not very remorseful? No. Okay.
1: No one, no God. They All they did was play the bil- uh, blame game.
0: He was a little bit more remorseful, though, because he wrote that letter.
1: No, she wrote that letter. Oh, yeah.
0: She wrote that letter. Sorry.
1: She was. That was all a lie. So it was and it was all I, I, I like throughout the letter. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. And like, just, right. I don't know. Sabrina Quitter and Samardini, blah, blah, blah. No one, no God will ever forgive you both for what you have done to my daughter. You are equally as evil as one another," Catherine Sophie's mother said. A celebration of Sophie's life, attended by over one hundred and fifty people, was held at Saint at uh, some cathedral in some place in France on June 6, twenty eighteen. Some final few.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs>
1: some final few sweet words. I said, "Fui." Oh. <laughs> some final few sweet words about sophie from those who loved her most sophie was so nurturing she liked children and animals she could not stand seeing others suffering and it breaks my heart to know that she was abused to the end of her life patrick Lyonot, sophie's father she was a pearl kind gentle she loved everyone she loved making people happy her aunt Sources were talk murder to me podcast, which you can go and listen to her. You can read articles that she writes. You can buy her coffee, which I did because I got a lot of information from her. That's life.com and an article by Jane Lavender of the mirror.
0: Oh, I'm looking at her now. She is beautiful.
1: I know she looks like a model. Oh my
0: God. Is this the picture of her in the confession? (gasps) No, ma'am.
1: I told you, Cody. It's like, like I, when I saw, I was like, that's what made me like read about the story. Cause I saw that first. I was like, what the fuck? And then I saw her picture. I was like, that there's no way. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay. We're going to post this on our Instagram at misery Manor podcast. Um, we'll see y'all in April. Feel free to message us on Instagram and chit chat with us. We'll still post and let y'all know what we're doing. It's not like we're past. We're, you know, going, um,
1: They're pretty.
0: Yeah. Very pretty. It's not like we're, you know, dying for a month. We'll still be around, but come to our Patreon, Patreon at misery Manor. Wait, pit patreon misery manner podcast
1: rate review subscribe
0: rate review subscribe come see us we'll have episodes on there for the next month until then we'll see you on april 1st oh Good my night. god
1: april Fools will be in there april 2nd bye but
0: it won't be a joke look
1: Here's at them
0: hot bye